Welcome to the WP Builds Podcast, bringing you the latest news from the WordPress community. Now, welcome your hosts, David Wormsley and Nathan Wrigley. Hello there and welcome to the WP Builds podcast. It's a pleasure to have you back. This is episode number 249, entitled You is for Undo. It was published on Thursday, the 30th of September 2021. My name's Nathan Wrigley and I'll be joined in just a few moments by my good friend David Wormsley so that we can chat about a WordPress specific topic, in this case, undoing our mistakes. But before that, just one little bit of housekeeping. The Page Builder Summit is coming around again. It's version 3.0, meaning it's the third version of the summit. If you came to the first two or either of the first two summits, I'm sure you'll agree they were absolutely exceptional events. And so we decided to run it again. The dates this year Well, it's running from the 18th of October 2021 all the way through to the 22nd of October. So that's five days. We've got a load of speakers lined up and it's going to be a really nice event. There's not just speakers. There's also things to take part in our Facebook group, Bingo, Games. We're doing a bit of co-working and all of that nice stuff as well. And the best way that you're going to sign up for all of that is to head over to pagebuildersummit.com and sign up with your email address. That's all we ask, just for your email address, and then we will let you know as and when the event rolls around. That's pagebuildersummit.com. Go there and fill out the form and click the little button to subscribe and we'll get back to you. Honestly, it's going to be a really good event. I would recommend scrolling on that page and having a look and seeing who the speakers are. Speaking of the Page Builder Summit, if you're interested in sponsoring that event, please reach out to me admin at wpbuilds.com and I will hook you up with information about sponsoring. It's going to be a really nice event, lots of WordPress specific people hanging out for a full week and it may very well be that your company, product or service could benefit from being associated with this lovely event. Okay, that's all I've got to say this week. And so let's move on to talking about this week's episode. It's called You is for Undo, and we're doing our regular A to Z of WordPress. We're getting quite close to the end. We're on the letter U, and we decided to go for Undo. This is an episode where we try to figure out all of the things that can go wrong, which we wish never happened, which we wish we could undo. And there's absolutely boatloads, more than you might expect. Lots of problems. It's the kind of episode you, well, the content you really don't want to hear because you don't want to know about these things, but important to know when things go wrong, how you might be able to fix them. I hope that you enjoy it. Hello, it's another A to Z of WordPress, the series where we attempt to cover all the major aspects of building and maintaining sites with WordPress. Today, it's you for undo. This is so such a curious one because we don't have any kind of real undoiness, really. It feels like a computer term, doesn't it? Or a Word document term or something like that. But uh, yeah. there's loads. You came up with a boatload of stuff in our show notes for this. So that let's, let's get stuck in. Yeah, we're just really, I guess we're just talking about the kind of mistakes and pickles that we can get into and um, how we can kind of get out of those. The common common mistakes, I guess, and things. We learned some stuff just talking earlier, didn't we? We Some things that we thought were our common practices were not needed. and Yeah, a few stuff, little so misconceptions along the way, but... Obviously, if you've been working for WordPress for any length of time, you will know that a lot can go wrong. 
And so yeah. it's all about figuring out ways to undo the things that have gone wrong. So it's not about preventing you know, things from going wrong. It's just about backing out once things have already gone wrong. Exactly that. And there's quite a lot of articles around on stuff, you know, quite scary ones, you know, like the top 50 things that can go wrong with WordPress. <laughs> just the top uh, 50? Well, no. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that kind of stuff. Well, anyway, let's start with our color list. So the good thing is most of, I guess, our audience and we are page builder users. So these days we do at least have an undo there, don't we? Most of the time we can usually just press control and Z, or if you're on a Mac, you press command, don't you? And uh, and you can go back to your last revision in your page builder, which I think is lovely. Yes, I'm very familiar with this keystroke and I use it all the time. And, and actually, it's pretty ubiquitous. There's very few things that I now use where that isn't the way to invoke the the previous step. You know, I'm using a Mac, so it's command Z and you can just yeah. keep doing it. I guess at some point, maybe the, the revision history runs out. Um, and in a page builder, I guess it runs out to the last time you actually confirmed that you wanted things to be published. Yeah, yeah. No, I find it really useful. I mean, I think most of them have got it now. I mean, there's probably some thanks has to go to Elementor. It's not what I use, but I think they were the first I remember who put it in. And I think, you know, um, now everybody's got it and it's great, I think. It's Funny just, enough, you know, I did. I didn't used to have a problem when it wasn't there. No, and suddenly, no. As soon as I know it's there, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I get I get sloppy. I would basically <laughs> click disregard. So uh, the save process in Beaver Builder, there's one. There's an option to just sort of yeah. back out at that point. So I would be clicking save and publish, and then re-enter the page builder quite frequently. So yes. even a few modifications, would I would then go and publish it right away, whereas I do that far less now that the, the undo option is there because I know that I can just yeah. undo to a certain point. And, and it just it works. It works perfectly as far as I'm aware. Yeah, exactly. I, I, the undo has just made me sloppy. That's all that's yes. happened. I know it's yes. there. <laughs> yeah, good point. Um, but it's, it's amazing that it is there. And obviously, if you haven't been using a page builder you, you may not know that that function exists i imagine whatever page builder is the one that you have as your page builder of choice there's probably an option probably it's command or control yeah. z yeah and i think the stuff that goes wrong i mean certainly again I, i've got a page builder group so beaver builder group and um that the thing that must come up the most has to be changes not showing they're always saying you know published it's not there blah blah and it's nearly always a caching issue of some kind. Yes. But, oh boy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, this is. I think this is probably the single biggest thing that can be annoying with a page builder is that simply the caching seems to get in the way and the things that you assumed would save perfectly because, well, yeah. it should. They just don't. I know, and it's just. I mean, I think the worst thing now from people who are new on with it, I think browser caching trips them up the most so again you know control f5 usually sorts it out or just if you're really uncertain going into incognito or private mode sorts that out and it's usually that's enough isn't it yeah but we were just talking weren't we about there is something which i don't think many people know and i don't know how effective it is but if you're say using the chrome browser and i'm sure it's true with others if you go into inspect and go to network there's a little checkbox for disable cache which i try and leave on when i'm doing work yeah i didn't even know it was there to be perfectly honest you had to show me where it was 
Yeah, well, I, I don't know how effective it is because I still, on certain sites, get the same browser caching issue. So, you know, it's kind of, I, I almost don't think about it now. So I'm regularly on the kind of control and F5, you know, just to make sure uh, what I'm seeing. But it does extend beyond that, doesn't it? I mean, it goes into the whole, if somebody comes with that issue, you you end up sort of, trying to isolate whether they might have something on their server that's doing some caching that they don't know about. Because um, we've got varnish and things like that that are you know, working on servers. And then we've got CDNs or another issue when people don't even know that they've got a CDN on their hosting. And the problem about all of this stuff is it's all impenetrable. And yeah. you, you, know, you, you might be having to log in some third-party platform like cloudflare or something in order to purge yeah. the cache over there and suddenly it doesn't feel like your website is under your control anymore so it, this can be really 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 frustrating yeah cloudflare have that rocket mode which is i think quite dangerous for m most page builders it just kind of it's a really ultra caching that um they certainly can't use it with beaver builder i know that much so yep yeah yep but yeah, that's probably got to be the, the one that comes up the most. One that I, the next one that I put down here, you said it's never been an issue for you, and that's losing styling when you're changing your theme or whether you, <laughs> we'll talk about that later, whether you decide to realize that you need to add in a child theme that you've forgotten about before. It, yeah, I think this is more because I don't often change the theme than mm. uh, maybe if I was changing theme frequently and often this would be something that's you know occurring to me but I, I well understand how this could be the case but you've had this a lot because I, I thought you were a kind of beaver builder theme user over the last period but I know you went from genesis at some point so presumably things had yeah. to move over at that point and styles got changed and fonts look different yeah I've had to do it a couple of times it's a rebuild on that one I think really what I was trying to probably get at is often when you're um you're just changing kind of usually the child to the adding the child theme in and then you lose everything so you set everything up on a parent child it's put that in the database you put in a child it it's considered as an as a new entry isn't it a new theme changeover yep. and then you suddenly break things immediately with that one but there is a, a nice plugin which kind of helps with that one i mean this probably will go in the future of WordPress if the full site editing comes in. But there's a customizer export import plugin, which will allow you to save those settings, which isn't there by default in WordPress. So you Have you used that? Those. Um, yeah, yeah. And it's been, it's been a, a sort of panacea for that problem, has it? Yeah, I mean, it's often I've started things and I mean, I don't these days. A starter site is usually what I start with, and that's got the child theme with all of my stuff in it. But yeah, a few times I've done that. Oh, nice. Yeah, nice. But I think that's a common one for people starting up anyway. Just the fact that they don't know there's a child theme is needed. It's, it's. I think it's a difficult thing to communicate that someone may need that. Yeah, it's kind of not. It's not intuitive that one, is it? Because you go to the theme repository or download your theme and. Oh, there it is. You've got your theme. You, you enabled it and look, everything looks exactly as it should do. But obviously, if you're going to modify things, it's best to have those modifications elsewhere. But yeah, it's a quirk, yeah, that one, isn't it? it? It would be good if that could be, I guess, re-architected. But that's the legacy we've got. Yeah. In fact, I mean, when I started with WordPress, I don't think anybody really thought about it. You just didn't. I guess most people didn't expect that they'd be modifying their 
themes in quite the way that we ended up doing you know later so yeah you know, yeah that's a good thing point. there and you, yeah and the, and it's surprising isn't it that the repository doesn't automatically do that so mm. it, it installs you a child theme as a as a standard practice yeah okay next up um next up emails uh, emails not up. sending Ooh. yeah gosh how many times do people talk about this one um well, anyway, we've got a solution, haven't we, which we both like, which is uh, Fluent, uh, well, SMPT, which is SMTP. I always get yes. that the wrong way around. No, I, yeah, I've heard you um, say that the wrong way around a few times, but I never I never comment, so, <laughs> and you picked it up yourself. It's Simple Mail Transport Protocol, I think. Yes, yes. I'm sure there was something that used to click music to video that was called SMTP. PT. Um, oh. Maybe that was TP. Oh, yeah, no, that that's Simpty, where it would try to align, um, yeah, your audio with the video. Yeah, Simpty. But uh, I guess the yeah the, they say Simpty as an as a short way of the the, the acronym. Anyway, we're totally going off message here. Aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> that's where it comes from. That's why I swap it round because yeah, I knew yeah. Simpty yeah. first. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. The, uh, anyway. the reason I like this yeah. plugin is it's a fairly new one. It's totally free on the repository, and the reason that I've I've switched over to it is it has all the options that I need. You know, you can use Google or any other service you like, including just regular old SMTP connections. And it's got yeah. this nice feature where you can resend unsuccessfully sent emails. But you found one mm. which I think's got a really nice feature. Mm. You've you've got a different one. No, well, no, actually, it's the Fluent that's got the feature that I think is really cool. It's only just come in. I asked them about it, and it's um, it's the fact that you can line up. So I use Mail Gun as my service and apparently what this has got a fallback system so if mailgun fails to deliver the fluent smpt will then go to the next one that i've assigned say that's sending blue or whatever as a service or just using my own mail address to serve it so it defaults that i don't think there's anyone who's doing that and i'm not using that at the moment i'm using for simplicity i'm using mailgun's own system for that and then another plugin which is called mail catcher to just capture mail so if something does go wrong at least we've got some record of what was submitted oh i see okay got it i thought mail yeah. catcher was the one that had got this new feature so the idea here no. is that fluent smtp will if it fails to deliver off its primary service it will then go yeah. back and try again with a different service that's cool I hope I've got this right. Yeah, yeah <laughs> but I, I think that's gonna... their main. <laughs> I think that's the main thing. So I wasn't going for the flute one because it just did more than I needed, and this yeah. mail catcher was like a few kilobytes or something to do its job. So I thought, well, I won't install this one, but now I might just switch over to this fluent SMTP. Going to get it right um, in future because of this one feature where mm. you can assign some kind of backup. Because you wouldn't know, would you? Otherwise, no. If your no. send service is failing, no. Um, you have to go into your your install to find out whether it caught some mail that wasn't there. And it is a good idea if you are going to be putting contact forms and what have you in on a website, yeah. not not to just use the, uh, the the host PHP mailer or something. Use use a different service because you don't want yeah. everything hitting spam. Yeah, and it, I think it seems to be the case when people say it stops sending, that usually is the thing that I see. And it's usually because it has been set up on the server and then 
at some point the hosting service has decided to disable it yeah you know yeah. Yeah. which is quite common i think it i think it's usually because they're trying to optimize their service yeah um, yeah so okay yeah. moving on every time you update your wordpress plugins and themes and what have you is a little file created temporarily <laughs> a maintenance file um yeah. and then it gets deleted when everything has successfully updated itself but during the period of time that that maintenance file exists you have a little message on the on the front end of the website which obviously if that file doesn't get exist for sorry doesn't get um erased for one reason or another yeah your website's totally inaccessible i've never had this i've only noticed it in the moment where websites are actually being updated and their plugins and themes and what mm. have you are but it's i've never had it not erase itself do you know i think this must be a hosting thing because you've always had good hosting and over recent years since i've been doing it kind of professionally i've always had good hosting and never had it but i used to have it quite frequently before when i was on shared hosting so i guess it is with that when you, yeah you're i wonder, I wonder what it, it is there just some some sort of trigger that never got fired to go out and delete mm. that file I mean, the, the nice thing mm. is, if you've got FTP access, all you need to do is is log in and find the maintenance file. Yeah, and it's delete in your it. root as well, so it's yeah. easy to find. Yeah. So, I wonder if there, there's a lot of plugins, you know, that come in soon, plugins that will have a maintenance mode as well. Yeah, if you set that, I wonder if that did, removes that. Have you ever done that? No, no. Set up. No, should do. Shouldn't we really? It's an ugly, ugly experience to get the default WordPress. Yeah, it's very plain. I mean, it's it's a it's a I don't know grayish background with one little box with mm. one sentence in it saying something like this website is in maintenance mode. So you're 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 advocating for having a pretty maintenance mode page, are you? Well, no, I haven't done it. I think I just made me ask the question. Really, I suppose I should because I mean I try and do the maintenance, the updates when people aren't likely to be visiting the sites. But still, I guess it would be a nice. Thing, wouldn't it yeah it would i mean it's a i guess it's a bit like the 404 page it's quite nice to have but um yeah you know possibly not necessary i don't know i guess most most websites are probably experiencing what a minute of this every couple of days or something mm. yeah there's no harm doing it i don't think i'll be doing it i'm too lazy <laughs> yeah there is that is it worth the time effort yeah. but maybe it should be a standard but it's another plug-in that you have to install isn't it uh, someone's but gonna I, tell I can't me, remember no, what the default be. message for that is actually I can't remember how the sentence reads but maybe maybe there's a way to just update that message to say we will be back in a, a few seconds click refresh yes. in, a, in a moment but I, I'm, I can't remember yeah. whether it makes that point because obviously sites but, being know, in maintenance mode you might just lose a bunch of people who assume that you're out for the rest of the night or something exactly exactly you could put at least some basic information about your site and how they can contact you and etc and that so yeah. Mm, yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna start thinking about doing that yeah okay white screen of death is the next one up well there's not much to say about this is the again it's it, this that. is a bit apocryphal for me i i just don't have any recollection of getting the white screen i mean i think i've created that problem myself but i've i've absolutely instantly known that I've missed like a semicolon or something. Yeah. You know, I haven't I haven't ended a PHP yes. function correctly and I've just gone, oh, okay. And then I fixed it. But but I, I can't remember it happening without my express cock up. <laughs> <laughs> and we have a recovery mode, which is great now. Yeah. We can go and put it in safe mode and change our 
plugins. So that's do you get those messages very often? Again, not that, really. Uh, you've got because not a lot is changing. Um, no, I think I well not that often, but once in a while I get them saying it's usually something like a backup of this has exhausted my memory and there's a problem going to recover. I never have to recover. I go into recovery mode because the link's there, but I never have to do anything apart from just take it out of recovery mode. But anyway, it's just... But then it seems like the white screen of death, which used to be a common complaint with WordPress, is probably covered with the recovery it's, mode. Yeah, yeah it's more of a thing it. in the past. Yeah, you're right. I have. I definitely get did get those messages. I've, I've seen those messages coming in the past, but it's not a feature of, of my life. But it's a nice... It is a really, really, <laughs> really nice that the recovery mode... Um, has has been created. I can't remember it. What is it? Probably like a year and a half old, something like that now. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Uh, the next one probably want to skip over the login redirect loop. That's a common problem that people have. But again, it's not one for me. I don't have this one, so I have to look up an article to tell me what the problem is and how to fix. So it. is this is this <laughs> where you you go to the login page and log in and then you just go to the login page and log in and you go to yes, the login exactly. page. Yeah, so we you've you've found a link and I'll put it in the show notes to I don't I don't even remember if that link describes why this problem might have existed in the first place. It gives you two or three different options for how to how to possibly mitigate it. Yeah, well, some of it could be browser caching. That's one of the things that, you know, that you're not seeing something that isn't there, that you haven't seen it from somewhere else. And then it's usually about restoring the HT access file, isn't it? There might be some issues yeah. there. Um, and there are plugins, of course, that mess around with that file. So, you know, it's, it is possible that an issue could be created. But then they go into all of those. Basically, it goes the easiest option. Check it isn't your browser giving you wrong information, which it can be. Yeah. Have you ever found that experience so when I have seen it and then, it, you know, you think you haven't solved your problem, but it's your browser caching. You go into incognito mode and the problem no longer exists. So, yeah, yeah. that oh, article yeah, does that. And then, totally. it starts to, and then it starts to get into, you know, looking into your database um, for issues there so i think we'll skip over that one because it gets uh too complex but um but yes i have I had that and i've usually one. solved it by going to another browser and then realized okay the website is working perfectly it, it is it is my problem i need to get this working because it's this browser that has the problem logging in it's not yeah. it's not that the website nobody can log in it's just this particular browser of mine exactly and the other one, I mean, again, this one comes up. I, I see in the groups all the time, um, fatal error. And it's a, usually that fatal error is a memory, not having enough memory, not defining enough RAM. Yeah. Or bad hosting. I, I, I honestly, you, you <laughs> had to tell me what you thought the right number for for the allocation of RAM was. And you, the, the minimum you go for, I think, was 256, something like that. That seems to be about the yeah. right the right area nowadays. And I've, to be honest, I've never known, and I've I've gone for five twelve most of the time now, just allowing enough room because I trust my servers to be able to honour it. But you know that's the thing, isn't it? You, it's another definition that you can place into uh, your WP config file to set it, but then that doesn't guarantee you're going to have enough um, RAM in your server to honor it really so yes. when i'm sticking as you pointed out before you know often i'll be cramming an, a bunch of small sites on one gb uh, ram 
hosting, but but giving them all, you know, half of that RAM. Yeah. Um, so it doesn't kind of add up, does it, if it's needed? But that, that's my thinking. I would love to hear if that's the wrong... I just think, oh, well, allow this site to have the RAM it needs. Yes. Yeah, give it the maximum number possible and hope for the best. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's worked out so far. But yeah. yeah, I <laughs> yeah. think that's <laughs> that's a problem. And I think the particularly with page builders becoming so popular, they demand more RAM, don't they, in the back end? And that's where people run into issues with, with kind of budget shared hosting uh, i think often the 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 plugins that i've used that that know already for themselves that they're going to be ram intensive so i'm thinking of things like main wp they've mm. they've often got some kind of visual run through at the beginning whilst you're setting the whole website up for the first time and you're getting that plugin all installed and you're working out the settings and uh, they tell you you know really you're not going to this isn't going to work unless you somehow figure out to how to increase the ram available so in the case of main wp yes. it links to links to tutorials explaining how to do yes. this and um and yeah but that that's a pretty unique case but you're right page builders um i imagine that's a fairly common thing appearing in support you know i've got cheap hosting why isn't my page builder working okay try this go and fiddle with your <laughs> yeah. h your config file or something but it's something that's really moved, isn't it, in WordPress? I mean, the early requirements for WordPress, what they would expect you'd be setting something like that, was much lower now as we've got bigger plugins doing so much more. I mean, there's a trend, isn't there, to, you know, page builders obviously do that. They become full site builders. They're including the sort of stuff that we would have expected plugins to do before. But now plugins generally do a lot more than we actually need them to do so they become quite intensive as well yeah but there's also kind of an expectation i would have imagined from non-technical end users so people who are just using wordpress and you know they've decided mm. they want to do the org version so they've downloaded it got some hosting and they're up, up and running it, it may be they simply don't understand that piling in a load of plugins is going to be consuming a load of resources and like you say a, a, a few of them page builders in particular they are really consuming a lot of resources and, and despite the fact that you're paying six dollars a month to a hosting company that that six dollars a month might not cut it you might not get the resources that you want for that figure yeah exactly i mean i didn't have a clue when i went in there you no. just it's it's just a sweet shop isn't it all yeah. these plugins Woo. Yeah. Yeah, add them all in. It'll be fine. And and honestly, mostly I'm sure it will be. But, you know, when it grinds to a halt, that might be the reason. Yep. Um, 404s on your pages. So refreshing permalinks. This is something that you often have to tell people to do. Yeah, and uh, curiously, we're, we're not entirely sure mm. where what the correct procedure is here. My, my thought was that if you went to settings permalinks, that was all you needed to do. You didn't need to click save. But if, you, yeah. if you're changing the permalink structure, in other words, if you're going from, I don't know, post name to something with a date in front of it, so, you know, the date followed by the post name, then you would need to click save. But I think just actually visiting yeah. the permalinks page will will clear the cache of that and you need to, and it'll refresh it all. Well, yeah, it refreshes it in the day. And I didn't know that. I always thought, because I think I read it a long, long time ago, that you go into the permalinks page and then you just click without changing any of the settings, the yep. save. 
That's yep. what I was told. Yep. So that's what I've done. Well, that either works, way, but you, yeah, well, yeah, because yeah, you visited the page. <laughs> exactly. I didn't know. I there was one extra step. Yeah. Just think at the time I will oh, save. Oh, imagine the whole seconds you could have saved in your life if you'd have only known that that was the case. Just yeah, one duff article. <laughs> but yeah, if you're if you're getting four o fours, go to settings permalinks and uh, see if that's that works as a first port of call. And there's a related issue which came up um, with a friend of mine was what seems to happen with posts. Now, again, I could be wrong, but it seems to have happened twice to me is that if you're setting up your blog post and you don't have a subdirectory of blog before you come to the name of that particular article, it's going to be very similar to pages, isn't it? It's yeah, the title yep, yep. of the page. So this is if so you've got what's the, post, happened- the permalink set to post name. Yes. So (laughs) what's happened a couple of times is that recently, in fact, one of the clients, they wrote an article on my blog post. You you went to it and it took you to the page because it was the same URL as a page that had earlier been constructed because I guess posts are separate custom post types, if you like, um, to the pages. And, uh, And instead of doing what posts would normally do if you did it with the same title, it would add a two to it. So you would end up, you know, um, not doing that. It doesn't happen between pages and posts. So that's an interesting one. That's just a personal one. I don't think other than it happening to me twice, I don't think that I've heard anybody speak of that. No, but that that would be properly mystifying though as well, wouldn't it? Because you'd have, you'd have, yeah. so let's say you've got example.com forward slash, I don't know, big post. And then you, mm go to and that's a page and then you go and create a post called example.com big post the Mm. the second one that you created whether that was the post or the page will will be unavailable to you on the front end you'll be able to edit in the back end but you know you'll you'll go to save it and it won't exist so i guess you either change the post title uh, and then the the slug so that you've got a new slug but that would yeah. be totally mesmerizing. Why that doesn't work? That that would uh, yeah. you know, impenetrable for a like a non-experienced user. Be like, well, I've saved it. It's there. I can see it. It's published. It says it's published. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. No, I've definitely yeah. had that. I've definitely had that. And that takes a little bit of figuring out why how WordPress works in terms of the constructions of its own URLs and so on. Okay, hacked sites. That's going to be the the mother of all undos, isn't it? Um, yeah. This is why you have the backups. <laughs> that is the big undo, isn't it? The backup. Use the backup. Yeah, absolutely. Well, hacked sites, we have a, a slight disagreement because you, you rightfully point out when we were talking before uh, that it's getting so complex that you really can't do it yourself because hackers are getting really sophisticated on how they bury their code. But I'm the other way where I think, well, I've had successes all the time when I've done that just by running a scan with WordFence on its highest setting so it does give you false positives and just chucking away stuff that shouldn't be there yeah yeah it's interesting because i was talking to somebody on the this week in wordpress show called tim nash and Mm. we were talking through a i believe it even was a word fence post about how there's this well it's it's not really a new way but the hackers are getting really good at hiding their their Mm. hacks to look very, very similar to, to just regular old code, as opposed to in the olden days where there'd just be a load of obfuscated stuff. Now you get things which just look like regular functions and mm. 
it, very complicated. My point on this is that I, I guess, if it was, if I could go out and find some articles basically saying, look, this hack was really easy to fix. Go to this file. You'll notice this. Then you can just delete that and you're done or something equivalent to that. That's fine. But my fear with the complexity now is that I would clear out what I could find for myself, the obvious stuff. Mm -hmm. And then I might take that back to the client and say, okay, yeah, I think I think we're good. And then only to find two weeks later it's back and you've got sort of egg all over yeah. your face. That's the problem, I think. Yeah, no, I can understand that. And I think if I clear something, it's, it's I've got to say it's with the understanding that I don't know what I'm doing. I can just make my best guess on clearing stuff up here. And most, I mean, the, the sites I've had to clear up have been, uh, clients that we've built the site and they've gone off and hosted it themselves and they've not updated their plugins. So it's been fairly easy, I think, but again, it's guesswork to guess where their hack came in because they've right. got a site with a known um, vulnerability that's been made public. So they were sitting ducks from that moment. And if they've got a backup and they haven't changed their site since that point, then I think it's pretty safe to be able to put that back up in and then update the plugin and it's probably going to be okay. So yeah. I've done that once. Most of the time they've changed something. So I've had to clear up the, you know, with word fence, but it's worked every time. I mean, I'm, I must've done six or seven. I'm not entirely sure over my time, but every single one of those has not had the issue come back. So yeah. Yeah. You know, this is, you, a, this maybe. is scary territory though, isn't it? This is an area that you, you just pray is never going to happen. <laughs> yeah, my, my point yeah. now would be just uh, I'm going to let a, a total cert, certified pro deal with this if I uh, if I run into a it because if, if it's a quick if it's a quick fix it won't take them long anyway and if it's a more in depth fix yeah. then then that's the sort of stuff I wouldn't have been able to do so it's time saved really. Yeah, and you wanted to just mention servers, didn't you as well? Oh yeah, just really things like you know nginx collapsing or something like that. You know, an aspect of your server that just breaks, and it must have happened to all of us at some point. You know, the if you were an OVH user, I think it was probably about a year ago, they had a fire in one of their data centers, <laughs> and yeah. so everybody who had a website on that that hardware was going through some sort of period of downtime and you'd have been trying to log in and there'd have been nothing coming up and you would have been thinking what's going on and you know it's you there's nothing you can do about this you just have to to hope that they'll they'll figure out a way around that problem that doesn't involve rebuilding computers it just involves activating a, a different data center with your with your website on it but um yeah things going down there was a host recently wasn't there we talked about it in the the wordpress news mm. not that long ago that that went down as a result of a hack and uh they lost everything and they had to write to a lot of their customers and say we've lost your website but also we've lost your all the backups so sorry about that but uh uh yeah you're just gonna have to start again <laughs> i think it was web hosting canada or canada web hosting or something like that gosh can you imagine it uh, it I've heard these stories with other hosts and I mean, we're moving on to good practice now, aren't we? And I think, you know, absolutely having a backup on some kind of third party server, or at least on your own computer somewhere independent to your host is, is, is the ultimate, isn't it? In yeah. A, yeah. The, undo. I think, I think you are negligent if you aren't backing up at, at least 
you know if if your hosting provider allows you to have a backup over there great use that but also with the wealth of free plugins on the wordpress repository that can back up to a free tier of something like google drive or dropbox you know you can get enough space to mm. back up your website possibly dozens of times for completely no money at all it, it just doesn't make sense not to have some backups and of course the you know the the one the big one which me i'm guilty of this as much as anybody else is just make just try the backups as well just to make sure that they actually work because um whilst that's never bitten me yet there are certain you know i've probably forgotten to check a backup and i'm still in a situation where i haven't checked those backups and i'm just sort of it's a whole a bit of a wing and a prayer really yeah i always that's what i feel when it's really difficult to get some independent advice on what's a good backup plugin for you because i mean so many are going to depend on the hosting environment and uh most people it's it's kind of like buying your insurance isn't it you yeah. don't know how good it is yeah. until you need it that's right and <laughs> so yeah um okay good practice thing so so an obvious thing i guess is just checking the hosting requirements which are there on on the wordpress.org site so you can find out what kind of server power that you need what type of database you're going to require and probably i i know from experience avoid um, using kind of a Windows server, really, because you can, but it's a lot of extra work. Yeah, I think you are going to end up doing a whole boatload of extra things because it's just not typical. Um, yeah. The typical thing to do is to use some sort of Linux distribution, and because that's the typical thing, there's loads of people who have an answer to all that. And another one that's often forgotten about, not least by me, is that we've got default WordPress revisions anyway, so we can, unless we've changed it, to delete those we've usually got past history and we can just go back on our posts and pages i i so. never never really make much use of this I, it's very rare that i personally make use of it but it's a really really great feature yeah yeah i, I <laughs> did i meant i didn't mention it here did i about my the confusion I'd had over WP revisions with uh, a friend of mine, a client really who used to be the person I worked with. Um, she couldn't, I said, just go back to revisions. You can get stuff back. And she was like, but it's not. And she, what she'd done, and I'd never seen this before that she was swapping from the inputting the content in the page builder and then inputting it from the back end in, in the post itself. And that completely confused revisions. Oh, so what? So she was, she was using a page builder, and then she was saving that away, and then she'd go in and click edit page, yeah. Yeah. which of course doesn't get you to the page builder. Then she would just overwrite all of that with the the body copy that she wanted, and then click save, and then wonder why everything looked different. Okay, okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was uh, sort of swapping from one to the other. So suddenly, saw uh, yeah. So you're fine with WP revisions as long as you stick with it. So if you're using the page builder, it's going to restore all of the stuff there. But if you start swapping from one to the other, as she did, then you know oh, yeah, it was yeah, really confusing. Because what often the page builder does separately is it does its own revisions, yeah. doesn't it, of what it puts in. So it stores that independently to the WordPress revisions. So you go in and you save again. You go into your page builder, suddenly all the stuff um, that wasn't there in the back end suddenly reappears again. So 
yeah, we, we got really lost with her revisions, how all of this stuff disappeared and came back as she swapped from it. Never seen it before. It was only recently. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, yeah. And do, do you, um, do you but, yeah. expunge your revisions periodically? You know, if you're building a client website, do you set it up so that, it, I don't know, it keeps the latest 15 or 20 or something like that? So, yeah, I used to set it. I used to define it in my config file to only keep so many. And now that's really kind of pointless now because I've got other things like WP Rocket, which will clear them out at a set time and also main WP doing it as well. So, so no, I don't kind of, I, I only do it on the, on the timer now. So there's, you've got these third party solutions, which do it all as mm. a sort of, you know, they inject that logic in like main mm -hmm. WP. I actually didn't know that was in main WP. That's a setting I've yet to explore. Okay. That's mm. good to know. I'll start doing that. Uh, what else have we got? Using a child theme. Yes. Yeah, we kind of covered that. In yeah, way, we did. not we? That's, um, yeah, so, yeah, that's a, that's a must that. Yeah, uh, the more I think about it, the more I think, isn't it crazy that we don't, that it isn't automatically installed? Yeah, so if you get anyway. a theme, it comes along with a child theme because there's, there's very little actually in it. I mean, really, there's nothing inside of a child theme at all, hardly. And having yeah. that as the default almost like it's the theme yeah kind of seems like a sensible yeah. default but i guess uh, i don't know yeah i can it's see i can see why people technically difficult. would want to be able to edit the theme as well as the child theme but sh sure enough it makes life a lot easier if you're going to edit things than create a child theme and mm. edit it and most yeah. themes these days will have a have a child theme of like one kilobyte um which you can bring along for the ride yeah the one that i want to add in here i don't think it really goes under undo but it's still, I just like to talk about this one, which is um, if you've if you've got plugins, it's worth going into the settings and seeing which ones will allow you to remove the database entries on deletion. Because yep. usually, I think it's good practice that a lot of them allow you to do this one, but usually it's ticked off by default and most people don't know. So recently I was looking at the ONGF uh, font plugin. So you have to go and turn that off if you want it to clear, get rid of your fonts that is loaded for you at the end of it otherwise you can kind of store up a lot of stuff if you're experimenting with your site do you think that's i think it's really atypical that a plugin will delete all of that stuff i think most plugins when you deactivate and delete mm. them don't do anything and they're just the, the mm. database swells over time in many ways i think that ought to be a kind of mandatory feature with all plugins and you ought to get told off if you don't do that you said it you came up with a solution i think it's perfect more people should listen to this show and implement what you said which was <laughs> this opt-out thing when you delete it you get do you want to clear the database yeah i mean i i understand that it's the safest thing for them for support isn't it particularly yep. if you're a page yep. builder yep. heck can you imagine every time someone you know had something go wrong with their page builder losing all of that work it would be a nightmare wouldn't it so i understand it and certain plugins need it but there are so many out there but i just think it's they're there if you look in the settings that ability so word fence is one we mentioned earlier it's got that but you have to turn it on you know and that clears up a lot of junk if you want to get rid yeah. of word fence yeah you know, I, so. I think for most plugins you know maybe there are certain plugins where the utility is so great that it would be a catastrophe. But the vast majority of the plugins, the, the default expectation ought to be that if you delete it, it should go. It should go and it should be take everything, every table that it created, every file that was part of the plugin, 
should be removed mm. if you agree to that. Um, so yeah. there we go. Nathan, I've never asked you this. Do you check your console for <coughs> excuse me for errors regularly? Do you mean if everything's working okay? On, on your site, yeah. No, not really. Yeah. Do you mean just, just habitually go around and just put the console on and see if there's... No, mm. no, only if I notice something's a bit quirky. I'm guessing that you do. I, I've i started to. Oh, okay. It's funny that I, I only look for problems, but I realise that, you know, it's it's so common. I mean, yep. <laughs> recently, I, I um, realised how important it was because I was locally loading fonts. I loaded them in my route. I created a custom post type and I broke the connection to those fonts i didn't see the issue because browser caching protected me from seeing that so i went to those pages there were 404s on my fonts but for me all was fine it was oh, other people who didn't see it right so or, or people who hadn't you know cached it from another page so they went directly there and it's made me realize and more often i see it and it's interesting only the other day um someone had a, an issue with their site and um <clears throat> they they were really they knew their stuff but they hadn't checked their console and they they had a 404 on something which was slowing down their pages clearly so i i've started to make this a habit i know developer i'm not a developer really so i don't kind of think to do these but now it's become sort of a common thing while i'm building sites to constantly be checking that and and often when i just go and visit you know client sites i've built before i just it's become a bit of a habit now yeah. Yeah. No. No. Something. Not something I typically would involve doing. But yeah, you know, it is interesting. It's the rare is the site I would say where there isn't some sort of error. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, there's there's always going to be something that's going on in there, and I guess you've just got to find find the ones that are pertinent to you. I could just yeah I, yeah yeah. So no, I basically don't do that. Uh, yeah, I think it's quite handy, yeah. particularly, yeah. you know, often with plugins as well. One of the common warnings that you see with looking at that one is, is, is a, I, I forget what it stands for, but it's called cause where you, you haven't got permission to connect up to on your site, your domain name to connect up to the thing that they're serving you up. And it's quite interesting. You just don't, you know, these things are all obviously slowing down your page load. So, yeah. Okay. Check consoles. Check consoles. Inspect. There you go. David says, check the consoles. <laughs> we all we all must go and check the consoles more. Um, I tell you what I do do is I've got a decent uptime monitoring service, which I'm quite happy with. Um, I, mm. I'm pretty much every site. If there's two or three on the same server, it may be that I'll just check one of them. Um, but typically I'll set up every single site with some kind of uptime monitoring, usually with a I don't know, checking it every five minutes, something like that, so that mm. I will get a a warning if something is astray. And very happy. But you, you and I have got the same one, and I think both of us yeah. agree that it, it seems to do pretty admirably the thing that it's got to do. Yeah, it's a peace of mind thing, isn't it? I mean, you, <laughs> you don't, I mean, it's undo this. So we're talking about preventative stuff, but still, it's important if you don't know you've got a problem, you don't know what you need to fix. Yep. So yep. yeah, yeah. I monitor. mean, the last the last thing you want is to be phoned up by a client telling you that the site's down. It's yeah, better for you exactly. to email them to tell <laughs> tell them that their site's down. But you're on it. You're going to go and have a look and undo every single thing that went wrong. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, that that uptime monitoring is really good because I'm often sort of setting up test sites and deleting and stuff, and I just get that email so quickly telling me that it's not there, you know. And I yeah. just think, wow. Yeah, yeah, it really it works. works. I I works. often will get an email from the the service that we use whilst the sites are in maintenance mode, and honestly, it's probably like thirty seconds. It it, it must yeah. be pure coincidence that their their little ping is going out at the exact moment that I clicked. You know, update yeah. on the on plugins or themes or what have you. But nevertheless, it's a it's a nice bit of confirmation that actually I'm paid for this and and it's doing what it said it would do. Yeah, and uh, and another preventative thing I think is worth doing from almost everybody, unless you use Jetpack, I think, but it's disabling yep. XML. Uh, let me get this right. XML RPC. Um, Not easy to say. The- don't worry. <laughs> Yeah, it's the um, yeah, it's the thing that was there for for pinging in blog times, and it's still there. And I believe that WordPress is moving towards a React solution for that, but uh, it's not removed because you know it'll break people's existing sites, so they're stuck with it. But it is, I think, isn't it the number one um, route for hackers these days? It seems to be the the number one thing that the the. The, the plugins, you know, iTheme security and WordFence and all of that it seems to be one of their first boxes to tick is, shall we, should we just enable mm. this or should we just disable it, should I say? And mostly the default is let's disable it unless you've got a jolly good reason to have it enabled. So, yeah, yeah. turn that off unless you know that you ought to have it turned on, which is unlikely. Yeah. And it's just a line that you need to put in your HT access file, yep. isn't it, to yep. to turn it off? But so you don't yep. need a plugin, so it's good. Yep, I think we're getting to the end here. We maybe just quickly round up with a few kind of prevention things. Sure, sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it, <laughs> a lot of the problems might be just down to not doing due diligence on plugins and the kind of background of those, the authors behind them and what's going on there. I think that if if anything has kept me mostly trouble-free, I think it's been doing that kind of work, checking out where I'm getting my plugins from. Yeah, you, you are exceptionally good with all this. You were the first person really that made me sit up and notice that actually finding out about the heritage of the, the company that you were about to buy a plugin from and it's not just the actually this site just looks a bit a bit dubious there's yeah. something you know this site just looks a bit on the cheap yeah. side you you kind of go a bit more don't you and figure out you know see what the see what the author's heritage is see if they've had any projects which have been an absolute catastrophe before and so yeah. on and why not this is a good idea yeah. and now i try yeah. to do that in fact it's not even that i try to do this i i'm i'm listening to people like you trusted sources of people who are who've been out there and played with these things and tried them out and um and so it's it's I'm listening to the the wise words from you and other people <laughs> to to let me judge whether or not I should move forward with certain plugins. Yeah, and it's a hard thing I think because some plugins just do a very simple task and they probably don't require much but yeah. just knowing I mean you know they don't have to be it's kind of just honest people behind the plugins who who makes sense of why they're doing it you know uh, we've had a lot of those cases where the the entire plugin's been stripped out and you've got something different you know and um you kind of know with certain people 
who make plugins that they're unlikely to do that. So yep. I don't know. You know, it's, it's just it's just thinking that way. I mean, I, I ignore my own advice very often on this, but um, <laughs> you know, I think it, yeah. you're allowed it, to it ignore your own advice. That's fine. <laughs> Um, we've already mentioned backups, haven't we, to a third-party server? That's the biggest preventative thing. And backups, maybe you're you're big on this, and I'm poor on this. Backup on your local machine. So if you're um, saving copies of that and of copies of any of your other resources that you need for your website, you probably want to backup. You use a service that I used to use. Yeah, I use Spider Oaks, which yeah, but it's yeah. funny because it, it, I'm using it via a third-party solution. So I'm backing up to Google Drive, which then backs up to Spider Oak. So I'm still reliant upon some sort of cloud service, but I'm I'm essentially taking that backup and it's sitting on my machine, and then it's backing up to yeah. other multiple places. Essentially, I'm getting the the backup, which I pray is worthy. You know, it will actually restore. And then I'm sending that to multiple locations. So one is on my local machine, one is on a third party. And I think that's a good idea. Yeah. And the last one you've yeah. written here is, um, you know, not overdoing it with lots and lots of plugins, yeah. particularly ones that are doing an awful lot of work. So heavy plugins, as you've described. Yeah, I think pl that's the, the trend we have now, plugins to do a lot more because... Yeah, WordPress is much more commercial than it used to be in the old days, and people need something to add on to, add value to it. So it's very easy, isn't it, to go overboard and end up with plugins that are often doing the same task, you know? So yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And honestly, plugins. I think I think I think it's totally possible to build a website with with almost no plugins. You know, you can do quite a lot these days with very little and i guess it's about avoiding the temptation do, do you really need this thing is that really a plugin yeah. that you need um or will your website perform better in google and therefore be discovered more by people if you keep it lean and fast exactly i mean often you know you could install a plugin that does a multitude of different things just for what is a line of css so sometimes if you can you know find someone who might be able to give you a clue how to do that. It might be the better route rather than just another plugin because um, it's just another potential thing that can conflict with existing right. plugins. Right, 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 yeah. right. I think we've done it. I, I We have. We've <laughs> done it. It's quite a long one, actually. We we talked for quite a long time there. Um, oh, wow. I will, uh, I will, <laughs> we had a few little stops and starts during this one, so I'm hoping that I've had the intelligence to go back and edit them out because um, we had a few little moments where people walked into various rooms. So uh, if there was any of that in the recording, I apologize. <laughs> if, if not, it means I've gone out and edited it all out. But uh, yeah, that was good. So what was that? We're on A, B, C, D, E. That was you. What comes after you? It's V. V for virus. Well, Ooh, oh. S was taken up for security. Yeah, we're, we're not going for medical stuff. It's not V for Veruca. <laughs> <laughs> it's v for virus anything security related we'll talk okay. about in this one we will yeah. see you probably in two weeks time it was a nice chat thank you david yeah thank you bye bye bye, -bye. bye.
Well, I really hope that you enjoyed that. As always, if David and I missed anything out, please head over to the page on wpbuilds.com. Search for episode number 249. You'll remember it's called You is for Undo and leave us a comment there. Alternatively, head over to our Facebook group, wpbuilds.com forward slash Facebook, and you could join in the thread over there instead. We'd be most welcome to hear your comments, positive or negative. Just another quick reminder, the Page Builder Summit happening in October the 18th to the 22nd. Head over to pagebuildersummit.com and get yourself signed up so that we can keep you informed as to what's happening, when it's happening and when the speakers are presenting their talks and all that good stuff. It really is shaping up to be a good event. If you go to that page, scroll down, have a look at the speaker list and I'm sure you'll be delighted to attend. Get yourself signed up and if you're a sponsor or a person in the WordPress space who has a product or service and you'd like to reach out, well, admin at wpbuilds.com will get you into my inbox and I will be right back with some more information. Okay, that's all we got for this week. I hope that you enjoyed it. Stay safe. See you next week. Cheesy music coming in. Bye-bye for now. Bye.